Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends. Damla. And Elliot. Hey, we did it again. It was so fun. Such fun. Like a TV morning hosts. I don't know. How's it going? I hope not. I hope bloody not. Not in the UK anyway. Um, yeah, no, it's going well. It's going good. It's going good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to... Get into the episode. What about you? How are you? How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, doing yeah, doing good. Not really, yeah. but yeah. Doesn't feel like it's already been another week, but also it feels like it's been ten years since I spoke to you. So. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird how time is so weird. Timey wimey. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Well observed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time is omnipresent. I, I went to a buffet, to, not a buffet, but I went to Bill's and I did the bottomless pancakes and I feel rough. Like they were good. Didn't even, that's how, that's how you know that we're both best friends on and off air. I didn't even ask where she'd been or how her day was before we started recording, uh, even though I know that she'd been out. The love is real, guys. 
The love is so real. But no, it just because I feel like I'm feeling like I'm coming across. Because last week I was ill. This week I am lethargic due to a large <laughs> amount of pancakes that I consumed. Oh my God, don't get the ones with chocolate sauce. Just don't do it. Stay fresh. Stay with the strawberry ones if you're going to go to Bill's. Don't fucking make that mistake. But anyway. Wow. <laughs> let's go to email corner, three mail corner. Come on, Elliot, let's go. Okay, that's why I've got that's why I've got this energy drink. It's so I can make it all the way over there. Uh, I'm going and not as oh. a pick me up replacement for my dinner until I can eat. There we are. We're here. Wow. Okay. Let's go. Hello. Welcome <laughs> through our corner. It's me, the evil sis doppelganger. And I've got three emails for you. I found them in my bag. I'm excited. Good as you should be. I'm excited. The first email is from Ali. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but I see it's a short version of your full name, which I'm not going to read out for security reasons. Anyway, they say, Hi both, just discovered the pod, and I love it. Love is in capital letters. Love that. When I'm next in the UK, I legitimately want to hang out with you both. Well, we charge. And it ain't cheap. And not in that way, you dirty dogs. I'm open to persuasion. Um, but of course, you would have already spent the money on a plane ticket, so, you know, we're negotiable. I'm kidding. All of this is satirical. Please don't. This is all a joke. Um, all a joke. <laughs> we're having fun. Uh, I'm currently listening to your breakdown of The Girl in the Fireplace. May I say, emphasis on the breakdown. I just had an epiphany stroke yet another moment of rolling my eyes at Moffat's writing. Bear with me here, but there is an episode of Coupling where Sally is intimidated by a guest at a dinner party and says she is slim, slim, slimity slim from Slimtown. Sound familiar? Years ago, when I first watched The Girl in the Fireplace, I did the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme at the line, but assumed it was just some British pop culture reference that I didn't get. Took until today, listening to your podcast, to connect the dots. You know, the writer and the showrunner was for coupling. Of course, it was Moffat. Wow. None other than everyone's favourite Rory killer, Stephen Moffat. So, the Mr. Thick, Thickety Thick of Thick Town, butchered that, sorry everybody, line that everybody loves was more or less Moffat was less Moffat being clever and more him reusing a line he wrote for a very different TV show a few years earlier. Keep up the amazing work. The podcast world needs more voices like yours. Happy Pride Month, Ali. Ali, happy Pride Month to you if you celebrate. Yeah. Actually, that sounds like a veiled threat. I'm all meant if you're queer. If you're not, just happy Pride Month anyway. Thank you for putting more ammo in my big gun of <laughs> anti-Moffatisms. I just love the... I just love these kind of like little... like tidbits little facts that i would never know because i probably i've never heard of that show so i would never have known that i'd heard of coupling i've never watched it i can't say it appealed to me anyway ali thank you thanks for the facts it also looks like ally so i'm sure you will also enjoy pride <laughs> ha. but no thanks for the facts we love a factoid over here and our next email from another listener presumably starts as follows hello wonderful people elliot and damler Hey. Last week, I was fortunate enough to come across your podcast on Instagram, and for the past three days, I've basically been non-stop listening to it from the beginning, because we're not allowed to skip Chris Ruckus in this household, and we're not allowed to skip Come Along Pondcast episodes either. Yeah. I have been having the fucking time of my life listening to all of your mostly correct Boomtown should have been a five-star opinions, and also politics that don't make me feel a bit sick. That's what love that. Thinking. No, I actually love that. I actually love that. Also, what I'm glad is that you've got angry about our opinion about Boomtown, but not because 
we like it, but because we didn't like it enough. Because most people, I think, are a bit like, you, you really like Boomtown. You like yeah. Boomtown. Because it's good. Yeah. I've been grinning at your jokes on public transport and walking down the street, undoubtedly making me look a bit creepy, but we move. It's fine. Everybody, if they love a podcast, they should do this. Last time I saw Damla, I had a very, very long coach ride back. It took me five hours, and I listened to a comedy podcast for two and a half hours of that, and I was laughing to myself like a maniac, so it's fine. And you both deserve a BAFTA for your impressions and your quotes. Our impressions and our quotes are very, very good, to be fair. We do bring absolutely dramatic acting to the table on this podcast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> both, both, both from a failed acting background. <laughs> no, we actually are, though. That's the funny thing. Yeah, yeah, genuinely. Yeah, we are both. Can you tell? Failed actors. Thank you also for being an absolute comrade and being cool and chill about trans things. It's obviously an emotional pinch whenever it comes up in media and it's kind of overwhelming, brackets, nicely, to hear people say nice things like they're normal and not controversial. That's because it is normal and it's not controversial. Trans rights are human rights. Absolutely. I'm anxiously awaiting your review of Silence in the Library and Forest of Dead because it's my favourite Moffat two-parter and if you disagree, you're incorrect, but that's fine. I mean, I probably do agree, to be fair, but, you know, it's a... Not a, not a big race, is it? Um, Davis has far too many two parts to choose from. Also, when the Godplex God Complex comes up, that's going to be my day. Thanks again for being the only Doctor Who podcast ever exist. Stay camp, uh, Shristi, and they say, "P.S. Camille Kaduri fan club when?" Yeah, literally. Like we need to start a Discord for Camille Kaduri specifically. It is. Yeah, the podcast is the unofficial Camille Kaduri fan club. Um, Yes, and uh, Shristi, sorry if I didn't pronounce your name correctly, I did give you a, a couple of guess and many apologies, but you're more than welcome to email back in and tell me that I'm bad. <laughs> but thank you for the email. And our final email goes as follows. Hello, Dandler and Elliot. Boo. My name is Phoebe, she, they, and I've been listening to your pod for a couple of months now since finding it on TikTok. As a uni student who regularly comes home, I always look forward to the journey so I can listen to your thoughts on whatever episode you are discussing. When Damla said she also loved Taylor Swift, I was excited because Doctor Who and Taylor Swift are my two things that my friends never hear me shut up about. Yeah. Are you fun at parties? Yeah, we are. We are fun. <laughs> we both are, yes. You are, you are both very fun at parties. I'm, well, I presume. I only know 50% of you. Doctor Who has been such a part of my life for as long as I can remember. My earliest memory is watching Doomsday and crying so hard with my brother that my parents had to put us into separate rooms and explain actors' contracts to us. That's so <laughs> That's, funny. That feels, no, that feels incredibly brutal. I'm sorry you had to go through that at such a young age. Like, look, okay, That's mad. Look, I know you're sad, but also uh, Rose is not real. Um, that would have broken my heart, Lucia. Yeah, no, that would have. Question time. Question for you both. What's your favourite TARDIS interior? For Phoebe, it's definitely 12, as they love the mix of sci-fi spaceship feel with the old time bookcases and chalkboard mixed in. Why are we the same person? <laughs> Agreed. The same. Me too. What about you, Elliot? What's your favourite? Um, well, plug. I think we did talk about this briefly on our Instagram live. Um, we did. We did. We did. Bang. But... Uh, it's a tie between either nine stroke ten Stardust because it's my first Stardust. I just have an emotional connection to it, um, and yeah, it just that's the Stardust I watched growing up, and just like any classic Stardust, but mostly sort of like one and twos classic Stardust. Love them, love the cheapness, but also like the weirdness. Good stuff. Anyways, sorry if this was long. I hope you're both having the best days. Yeah, yeah, fifty fifty. Thank you, Phoebe. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Lovely to hear from you. Um, right, I'll get the other one back now, shall I? 
No, oh, okay, that makes sense. No, the the the, the real the real Elliot, but yeah, the evil sister doppelganger. Oh yeah, so. sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. I'm with you. Okay, that's fine. I'll go. Bye, dickhead. Bye. No, seriously. What a what? Do you know what? It's the audacity for me. <laughs> I know. Like, where where does he get off? And I can't say he because, as we say, evil sister doppelganger. I think. Uh... Email Elliot needs to get facts. Yeah. I think what what we need to do is uh, school him. Yes. 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 Wonderful. Wow. Some of your best work. Roll credits. Yes. As you may have been able to tell from, once again, some of the wry bon mots up top. Today we are talking about episode 9 of series 3, Doctor Who. It was broadcast on the 2nd of June 2007. It was directed by Charlie Palmer. It was written by Paul Cornell. And it's called The Family of Blood. Wow. Yeah. Now, well, I I don't know about you, I've, I've had an okay week, but... Um, Last night, uh, I, I looked deep into the embers of the uh, fire that I had going. Uh, we don't have a fireplace in the house, but, you know, it's a different story. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, for the first time in a very long time, but not the first time in my life, um, a vision came to me in the in the falls of the fire. So carved in the ashes and the smoke, I could see a face. Um, and it said to me, for God's sake, you need to find out what Damla thinks the episode is about. <laughs> Big old face in the fire and the flames. Said to me, you know what INDB thinks it's about? You know what Google thinks it's about? Fucking damn, son. You know what you think it's about? Get her opinion on the podcast. <laughs> um, What do I think it's about? It's actually really quite simple. This episode is about how humans are useless. So if you're going to shapeshift because you're hiding from... So if you're going to shapeshift and run from an alien, a killing alien family, be anything other than a human because we're just useless. Facts. Facts. What do you think it's about? Facts. Um, it's amazing, considering the fire the face told me that I knew what the episode was about. Um, saying I'm racking <laughs> my brains. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's only so many different ways of different inflections I could deliver the original line, so welcome to Improv Corner, where I now find new ways <laughs> to deliver it. Um, <laughs> changing the format on the fly all the time. Um... It's it's a good lesson in how you know if you're if you're a little if you're a little girl and you you want to not be creepy, just don't like skip all the time and get rid of your balloon. What are you, Pennywise? No. Yeah, just, literally. Who are you? Stop. I'm not trusting you. Go away. Um, and also, don't don't look in mirrors because she is there. Yeah. No. It's it's like Pennywise did it first. Actually, just stop. <laughs> it's really unoriginal. Yeah. So yeah. So last week's episode was, I feel like the pacing was just very, very slow. And then this yeah. week we've just got boom, 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 boom. And it's like, whoa, let's calm down. Again, that's not a bad thing. Just I'm just pointing it out. 
Because you know what we are? Yeah. We're a fucking Doctor Who discussion podcast, right? Because <laughs> we do you have know to what? discuss the things. Yeah, like, there's been so many... I, mean, I know I addressed comments last week from people online. Um, people won't stop being thick. Like, it's so funny because it's like, especially when men comment, it's like, you actually think I care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but it's like, why why are we talking about this? Who cares about this thing? And it's like, we're here to talk about the really dumb shit that no one cares about. Like when we yeah. bring up like Rose's outfits, or we when we've done in the past. Like no one's thinking about that. We are. Yeah, like I feel like there's a there's a breed of uncreative and uh, unimaginably boring men, mostly, whose ideal version of the show is just. In scene one, this happens. Oh, wasn't that funny when that happened? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. We're trying, we're trying to not be a, a rewatch podcast. We just happen to be going in order of episodes. Yeah. And we're just discussing some shit. Yeah, like fucking get to know. Um, or don't. I don't care. But yeah, so something I want to talk about right up top is Martha grabbing the gun was very slay. I'm not going to lie. It was very slay. The uh, the guns that are made out of like plastic and pipes. Um Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, from the opening scene, the the family continue to be incredibly camp in a way that I enjoy. Same, uh, same. They are a lot more camp in this episode, but from the start of the episode, I, I, controversial, mm. hot take mm. is I just start watching it straight away as soon as they start talking, and I'm like, this is like the episode that people think is one of the best things that the show's ever done. This, yeah, this. I agree yeah. with you. I don't feel that. Yeah, I, I don't feel the the same. Yeah, no, as in like, no, I agree with you. I don't feel the same with the majority. Which again, you know, that's fine because it's our opinion. Um, yeah, I just think, I mean, this is spoiler. This is better than last week's episode for me. But yeah, I love. How, I, honestly, they just took the camp and dialed it. All the way up to ten, like it was, like my favorite thing is a mother of mine when she goes all that ah screaming, so good. <laughs> I don't know I, yeah. the way she says it is so funny. Like, oh, we should have taken this one. She's so just, just so much spirit. She's so much spirit in her. Oh my god. Oh no, it, it's honestly every everybody again. So maybe like daughter of mine only because she's sort of not really given much to do is like having camp fun. Baines continues to be great camp. Father of mine has one of my favorite line deliveries. He pulls a Davros though, uh, son of a man, and he's like, "We'll blow, we'll blow them into dust, and then turn, turn the dust into atoms, and atoms into dust again." And da, da, da. and it's like, "Oh god!" So Ellie and I have an inside joke. Well, I have an inside joke with my boyfriend Joe about Davros from Journey's End, right, and Stolen Earth, and then it's now become Elliot's inside, mine and Elliot's inside joke as well, because it's the way Davros is like, "We'll turn the dust into atoms, and then the atoms into nothing," and then we start like grabbing into the air, going. Oh, like yeah, you know you've seen the episode. You know what we're talking about. Anyway, move, let's move on. Um, yeah, he has sure a Davros maybe, moment. Maybe one day if we're if we're all kind enough and we all rally around Dan's boyfriend enough, you know, he's done an episode of the show. If we're all nice to him, maybe maybe you'll be able to hear his top tier Davros impression because we always do impressions. We do, and his is very good. I've sent it to you. You already you've seen it. But only um, if you're nice to him. Yeah, you've got to be nice to him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you should be anyway, but like, just yeah, exactly. Ask nicely. So, something I want to say, a bit random, but I feel like I want to mention it here. 
I know yeah. as a person he's not great and he's just kind of like whatever, he's kind of there. But the head teacher, the guy, the actor who plays the head teacher, is very impressive. No, again, he's the perfect distillation of kind of what we were talking about last week of like the character doesn't have to have good or agreeable modern views to not be performed well. What the actor is doing with that character is actually very good and very interesting and also makes feel like a little, just a twinge, only a twinge, but a twinge of sympathy for him because he's performing that character so well. He's actually one of the better performances in the episode. Yeah, I agree. But you know, the guy who plays the head teacher is really great. Um, I, f- uh, I should get the guy's name up, sorry. Let's get his name up. Name and not shame. Name and say, good job in an episode of Doctor Who from 2007. Do more stuff. Pip Torrens. That's a fucking good name as well. It's a fucking good name, isn't it? Yeah. Well done, Pip. But you know what was also great? No. Enlighten me. <laughs> Martha labelling the bones in her hand. Honestly, sometimes you like, you know, when there's something so cool and iconic that, like, when you're just like doing the dishes, you go, "Oh, that happened." That's one of those <laughs> things in my life. Like, genuinely, this scene, that scene is just amazing. Yeah. And it's like it's not even just her labeling the bones in her hand to Nurse Redford. It's when she goes, "You read that in a book," and she's like, "Yeah, to pass my exams." Oh, she's like, yeah, no fucking shit, lady. Like... Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, though, what I really like about it is that she wasn't angry. She was just direct. She was like. I'm not going to call you a dickhead. I'm not going to like be really horrid about it. I mean, you, she had every right to be, but she's like, I deserve to take up space in this profession. Um, and yeah, I read it in a fucking book. Well done. Like, And that's and that's why I like that scene, though, because instead of then doing some kind of tired, played out kind of like, you know, anger, you know, just like by being yes. forthright and direct of her, Joan is just like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, fair enough. And... Yeah, from then on, she's just entirely on board um, with you know trying to convince John Smith that he's the Doctor. Um, I like Joan a lot more in this episode. She's a lot more involved. She's a lot easier to get along with. Um, can I, I just say though, bouncing, bouncing back just before that, there is two things that really, <laughs> really made me laugh. Yeah. In the episode, and yeah. one of them that comes just before that scene, or maybe around that scene, I can't remember, is. The shot of all of the scarecrows kind of lolloping towards the school while some like twinkly pipe music plays. It's not scary, it's very funny. The thing is, I quite like it. They are, yeah. lollop- they are lolloping, they are. I actually love that bit of score. I think it kind of just it, uh, see, I've never seen that scene as scary to be honest. I've seen it more as just like it's a vibe. It's, it's oh, yeah, like it's stupid, it's stupid and it's funny, but like I. I feel like they're trying to go for some kind of like, oh my god, the army is coming to the gate, and it's like, just some like fun sort of, like it's like an offcut of a Wurzel Gummidge episode. Um, I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's fun anyway. But they do be lolloping. They do, they do be. Um, but yeah, I like how this this whole bit where they they get the boys to kind of arm up and get ready to fight. Yeah. There's just a lot going on. So obviously you get Joan asking where John is from because this is the point where she's making that the thing of like, from this point, I'm going to know if I'm acknowledging that there's a possibility that John isn't who he says he is and that he is some kind of alien. And the person I read about, because she's read the whole she's read the whole journal, so good on her. She's read it all. Which, 
By the way, the, the whole her revelation does have one of my favourite line deliveries in the whole episode. And it's very unfitting with the characters, very unfitting with the times, but just the way that she says it, it really makes me laugh. I think it's just the hard cut to Martha saying something, then her going, and alien means, and alien doesn't mean not from abroad, I take it. I don't know why, it just sent me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. There's just something about the way she says it, it's just so hilarious that uh, I fell over. It's, no, <laughs> I, I think, because she's so like, no, she's not one note, no, that's not right. She's like, she just says everything in a similar tone. So when she says things like that, in that tone, it's like, oh my God, I'm dead. I'm actually dead. Um, yeah, like I can hear another actor doing it in some kind of, you know, like, oh, you expect me to believe this, you know, alien. It doesn't mean someone not from abroad. Uh, huh, huh, you know, um, yeah, where she's just like, alien means not from abroad. I take it. It's very, yeah. just, I don't know, very funny. Camp. It's very, very posh. I think, yeah, so she's trying to make that decision and it's a big, this is a turning point for her. Right, and it's when she's like, you know, where did you grow up? And he's just listing off all the facts, and she's like, no, it's really creepy. It's really creepy, and she's like, no, where did you play when you were a child? What were all those secret little hiding spots? Well, I love that. I actually love that because I was like, you know, the TARDIS made up all of this background info, and the TARDIS is not a person. It doesn't have like emotions like a normal person. Yeah, it can't. It can't actually give you. You can disguise yourself as a human, but it can't actually give you the stuff that makes you a human. It can't give you exactly the memories and the history and everything. I else. really, I really liked her in this moment, and when she, also when she was like, John Smith wouldn't want these boys to fight. He, you know, it's not, it's not right. I mean, I disagree. I think he would. Whatever. Um, but then when he yeah. goes, "What choice do I have?" and then kisses her and runs, and I'm like, mm, "Here's an idea. Don't make." Little boys fight. That's an idea. How about that? Just That's you and choice. the headmaster and maybe some of the grown-up, more grown-up boys. Yeah. Or fight. barricade yourselves in, you fucking yeah. idiots. I I, I think, in hand in hand with that, um, some synergy. I think the idea of the school having to defend itself is interesting, even though it doesn't really result in basically anything. And same then with Baines talking to the headmaster like out front about the Great War. I think it's interesting. I think it's more subtle than Kid with the Watch. The funny triple-barreled name. Having visions, like last time. I think it works better than him having visions. But I think what would have been more interesting is because there's another sort of comedy scene later on that I find very funny. Um, so there's actually three scenes that I find funny that are trying to be serious. Um, which you know, I'm sure we can talk about a bit more in depth. But it's like, you know, when the kids are shooting scarecrows and they're like crying as they're shooting scarecrows and it just really makes me laugh. I don't know why, because it's just like bits of straw popping out of their chest of these scarecrows kind of go like, oh no, and then there's like kids crying while they're doing it, it's just really funny because it doesn't actually feel like as serious as they think it is but, my point before before we move on to into that is that I I think, uh, instead of illustrating it with that, I think a better version of that would be if Baines talks to the kids authoritatively because they would believe him anyway because Baines is their superior he bossed them around, he's like one of the bigger boys who's in charge, if he told them about the Great War yeah, made them see visions about the Great War. I don't know, something like that. That kind of is what scared them off of fighting, rather than just being like, "I can't believe I've got to shoot a scarecrow." Um, I would have found that a bit more interesting, personally. But what do I know? My name's not Paul Cornell, um, and I was just a kid in two thousand seven. I wasn't right for the BBC, so uh, you can disregard everything I've said. But it just didn't really work for me. <laughs> well, see, I like how much they were highlighting how scared the young boys were because of. And it was just highlighting that they're children. No, I, I think making them 
scared. Like, making them hesitant before they do it, I think, is really interesting. Kind of having them have to be like, you know, we have to do this. And, like, obviously, you know, making them scared of the scarecrows, I understand. But I think that song that plays, the sort of choral song with, like, slow motion shots of boys firing rifles but at scarecrows, is just funny. Because it's just such a contrast. I don't know what it is. It's just such a contrast. And even then, when they're like, "Yeah, we we didn't kill anybody. They're just scarecrows." Like, well, yeah. I think they should have but, made yeah. it more clear beforehand that they thought it was people dressed up. Yeah, yeah. The thing, if they even then, I would, yeah, it would be absolutely fine. I still might be a little like, <laughs> but if they would even said at one point, you know, they draw people in costumes or something like that, just because it just felt very weird and silly. Um, or of course, if the family had like an actual just flesh army yeah of people but yeah that's changing the whole format of the episode so it's fine but yeah i do think the slow motion shots of the scarecrows falling down was quite it was funny i just think the the contrast of everything you know it, when you take the individual elements it's not silly when you combine them all together it makes for a bit of a silly 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 moment combination silly yeah moment. yeah yeah i do like that and i know you were saying how daughter of mine isn't your fave but i do like that she tricks the head teacher yeah no i i think her 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 use in the episode actually is is good what they use her for is interesting um it's what you would do with that character uh yeah i just you know i would never i i would never i i don't i think being mean to child actors is never cool or hip or fun because they're children and they can't help it but um yeah especially that line when she's like Facing all of the rifles towards their master is particularly poorly delivered. That did make me laugh just a little bit, just a little bit. Wait, which one? When she's like, "Are any of you going to shoot me?" Really? That one? Yeah. See, I thought that was very slay. I'm not going to lie. I was like, "Yeah, I love that." Yeah, okay. but it's not like it's not good acting. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? It's fine. She's a ch- she's a child. Yeah, you know I mean, like every like as long as as long as everybody's cool and chill about it and just is able to find it funny without being mean. That's what we like. I do like though when she's like, "You're funny, so funny." Shoots you. It's very, very big. I'm not going home. Not, not really. really. Vibes. That's me on TikTok when someone <laughs> um, says we've got a bad take, or they just, you know, are like, "Why are you talking about this?" <laughs> it's like me going, "You're funny, so funny." Deletes comment, blocks user. That's me. <laughs> One thing, there was a scene that I liked, also, I don't know how I feel about it, is when, mm. with sister of mine, when Tim sees her in the corridor and you're like, oh shit. And then, and then she's like, show me what you've got there. Show me, little boy. And he's like, I know you're not the Cartwright girl, but you know, you've taken on her form, but she is only a young girl. How strong is she, do you think? Mm. And then like opens the watch and then just visions of the tenth doctor being grumpy and then she like runs off. To me, it just felt a bit like Okay. What yeah, you, okay? Like, the idea of, of that uh, I, I like. I mean I know I know obviously for reasons you can't have um them have any kind of like physical altercation. But like I like the idea of, you know him being like, well, I know that you're a massive alien from outer space, but also you are just inhabiting the body of like a yeah yeah nine year old. So I could just beat you down, which is true. But then he does like a mind thing, and surely her mind would be strong. I don't know. It was just a bit like, all right, 
or whatever. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of there is lots of opening the watch to do a thing. Yeah. And then running off that I didn't really like. I would have liked it just to happen once. Yeah, maybe like a really pivotal moment. Like when he's like leading them to him, like that that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. But like just using it all the time, it's like, okay, how many times are we going to see Ten in the Runaway Bride with the water coming down? Like, all right, cool. Yeah, doesn't he? Oh, doesn't he look so so scary? So so broody, epic. so sad, so sad boy, yeah. you know. But yeah, and then you get onto like this scene that I really like, which is with Father of Mine with the TARDIS, and you're like, oh shit. Also, I'm assuming the scarecrows carried it out, but um, probably quite heavy. Um, but it's where he's like. Doctor, come collect your prize. It's very eerie. I like it, and they're like watching from the distance. I do, I do love the the camp perfection of um, you know, because we love a bit of a West Country accent as well. Yes, when, yes, 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 yes. When he when he sort of beams in to tell them that he's like found something, and they go, "What what is it you found?" He goes, "Is Tardis." Yeah, it's, it's really, great. It's really good. I like that a lot. It's only a line that I like. I just forgot to make a note of it. I like how they're like watching from a distance and Martha is like, we need to find the watch. We need the doctor back. And he's like, and he's just looking at it. And then and she's like, do, do, do you recognize it? And then Joan's like, you know, I'm sorry, John, but there was a mention of a blue box in the diary. And he's like, oh, not you as well. Fucking hell. I know. Mate. I do. I do love that. He's like, don't, don't know it. Don't even know its name. And she's like, come on, John. Like, yeah. Like, I've, come never, on, John. I've never seen it before in my life. And it's like, bitch, please. I've got your dream journal. Receipts. I have the receipts. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're the one who wrote it. Um, for the next ten minutes, it feels like. Sorry, I know. No, they're kind of stalling for a bit. I just don't have sympathy. I don't have sympathy for men. First of all, ever. But it just feels like for the next ten minutes, he's just whining. Yeah, I just, I don't really. Like, like, I don't oh because I don't. My- God, oh, boo-hoo, yeah. fucking shut up. Because I don't I care know. about John Smith as a character. I just, I'm not, I don't care that he's conflicted about going back to the Doctor, really. Um, yeah, and it just, for me as well, is like, if we had got more of an establishment of him and Joan's relationship, because to me it feels like they've been in love for two days. Do you know what I mean? Because they have been. It's, it's literally been two days. Um, yeah. That's what it and feels especially like. like and it's even like little things that you could change, like when they bump into each other in the first episode. Yeah. There's clearly a bit of a, a spark, but he's still very much like, you know, oh, yeah, Nurse Redfern. And she's like, oh, uh, you can call me Joan if you like. Whereas if straight away, if he was kind of like, Nurse Redfern. Yeah. And then, you know, and then yeah. she was, and then and then as soon as they were out of earshot of the kids, he was then like, you know, Joan. And there was a bit of a hint that they already kind of fancied each other a bit and they were on good terms. Even that might just help a little bit, make it feel more established. Do you know what I needed, babe? You're so right. Basically, what we should have had was in the corridor, we see him walking and then he bumps into her and he's like, Nurse Redfern and she's like, John Smith. And then there's like six times where they keep doing it. And it's like a little cute montage of their time. And it's like, I would feel so much more for the pair of you. I'm not saying I don't in this episode, we'll get to it. But like, I feel so much more if we just got a bit more information, a bit more backstory and also... You guys have literally been in love for two days, and I don't care. Sorry. And it's just, like, when they're in the cottage, I mean, I do like this quote where it's like, falling in love didn't even occur to him. What sort of man is that? Like, I love that. I love that line. Also, it's like, ugh. Yeah, 
Joan, Joan in the end scene is very good. Though. I like it when she because she's the one who comes up with the idea of going to the cottage because it belongs to the parents of the girl who got possessed by the family. So I like that idea, and I like that when she's explaining that, and then she just kind of under her breath, she's like, oh, "How how quickly it is I've adapted to these circumstances, or whatever it is." She says, "Yo," know, she's just a bit like, oh, "God, I can't believe it." Oh, God, I'm talking about death. Yeah, oh, God, I'm, yeah, so, exactly. I'm so posh and almost Victorian. Oh God. Yeah, literally with my freaking little. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Top knot. Um, but it just feels like he's whining. And it just feels a bit like... No, no it's not what it feels like. He is whining. He's just whining. And it's yeah. like... I get that, like, you are going to die, I guess, but, like, you're still not going to die at the same time, and it's, it's like... It's a rare, rare, rare David Tennant L, because it means he's kind of... He's really big, almost overacting in places, works when Doctor Who's at its best. Yes. And work in that scene, where the writing's not there to back it up, and neither's the emotions, and it's just kind of him being... Makes it feel almost more cringy. Because he's going so hard in on it. I, but no, I agree. And I, but what I do like is that when he's like, "I'll just take the watch. I'll take the watch to the family, and it'll be fine." And and then and and, and then Nurse Redfern's like, Mm-mm, "Because it's all Loki going to go to shit." So like, correct yourself. Um, can you all leave the room so I can just like mummy him for two seconds? Because he's really upset about it. <laughs> It's like, oh my god! And like, look, I'm not heartless, okay. I'm just when men whine, especially, it's like, ugh. especially when they're poorly written. Yeah, um, but I will say one thing I want to put in here now, right now, it's slightly going towards the end, and it's still in the scene we're talking about. The bits where David goes from John to the Doctor, like it's fucking iconic. Like when he's got the watch and he's like, hold it, it needs to be held. And he holds it and then it's like, well, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, <gasps> is that how he speaks? And it's like, oh my God, it's so good. I love it. Like, that's amazing. I love that stuff. Um, and then at the end when obviously he's in the ship and he's like, goes from John's face to 10 and then it's, it's just, yeah. It's a really, it's a good bait and switch. Even though like, as soon as he entered the ship, and I hadn't seen this for ages, but in my head I was like, I'm 
that's the doctor, right? I'm sure that's the doctor. It's all good that they don't show you him making that decision. Yeah. And it's it's a good little moment. It makes me feel happy when that happens. Absolutely. Oh god, also, sorry, just on that scene, um not for the first time in this series we get bad old man makeup. And not for the first time on the tenth doctor either. Because you see that like dream sequence thing that he has with like having a child with Joan, then there's that shot of him dying in the bed, but he looks kind of like a really bad like Elvis impersonator, because he's still got like big white sideburns. It's very funny. I laugh every time I see that. I don't oh. feel sad. I, I, I thought the makeup was quite good. Oh. <laughs> oh I, I, I mean, it's not... It, it, it ain't as bad as one that's coming very soon. <laughs> but um, I just thought, I don't know, he just looked like his hair looked like the kind of hairstyle he'd probably have. And like the little red dressing gown. I don't know. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. But then that's only because that's next week, spoiler alert, has one of my favourite scenes involving... I mean, one of my favourite scenes in all of Doctor Who that happens to involve an old man. So stick around. Oh my god, don't. Because I'm going to cry already. Don't. But yeah, anyway. So we've got all this going on. And obviously it's really... Look. It's... it's. I feel... I feel for the situation. It's just hard when there's literal bombs falling on people and he's like, oh, but I don't, I just want to be Don Smith and I just want to be in love and I want to have kids. It's like, okay, no one cares. Just fucking get on with it. Come on, let's go. No one cares about your relationship, John. That lasted two whole days. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, so then obviously he goes to the ship. See, this episode just goes by at just lightning speed. Um, almost too quick for me, I'll be honest, um, because we're already just going to the ship where. Oh yeah, the 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 confront the confrontation, confrontation yeah. is just a bit kind of tepid. I like the aftermath of it, but the actual Same. confrontation Ooh. is very very tepid. It is, and it's like, you know, he comes in as John Smith, and it's just like, here you go, take the watch, whatever, and then they take it, and they're like, oh yay, and then opens the watch, and they go. Where is it? Can't where is he? And then he just goes, "You shouldn't have let me press those buttons." I do love that when they're sniffing it, and he just like stands up with the glasses on. And he's like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that." And it's just like, yeah. oh, that's, <laughs> he's back, my boy. He's back." You know, t- to be fair, everyone kind of just goes, "Oh, there you, there you are. Where the bloody hell have you been, bitch?" You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, thank fuck you're here. It's very no, but it's very, it's very, it's very that. Like, where, 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 thank fuck you're here. You know, I've had enough. That fucking whiny little bitch. Needs to go. I've had enough. Um, but it's the way he's like, I have to say, I don't like the look of your somethingometer. I don't know what he says, but I like the way he says it. Wait, 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 wait. I've got it. I've got it here. I'm going to get it. I've got Dr. Hoogle up. If you don't know what Dr. Hoogle is. I don't know what Dr. Hoogle is. Dr. Hoogle is a Dr. Who script search engine where you put in the quote and it will literally give you the episode straight away. Or you can, it just, it's got every episode that exists ever. Does, can you can you not do it? If you, can you do it if you don't know like the full quote? Yeah, so you can do it by everything: classic series, new series. It's fucking I- iconic. Whoever's done, whoever made Doctor Hoogle, it's DoctorHoogle.com. Literally, I found it already. I found the quote immediately. Like yeah, because I was able to find the quote that I couldn't find that I wanted as one of my favorite quotes. So good. I don't like the look of that hydrocometer. Hydrometer. Hydrocometer. Hydrocometer. There you go. It's very good. That's some good techno babble. Oh, so what he said was, oh, I think the explanation might be that you've been fooled by a simple old factory misdirection. Yeah, I love that. I like that. Love that. It's like, yeah, 
stupid things like na- like nasal cloaking or whatever it is he calls it. So yeah. But yeah, he's just back. And then when he goes, run, his face is so funny, but I kind of love it. He's like, you know, I'll give you some advice. Run. And then do you get, is it is it Strange, Strange Creatures? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a mashup of that. And then um, they're like, get out, get out. And they're running in the field and then it explodes. I love this next bit. This next bit it's just like the best part of the episode. I don't yeah. care. Like, Cause I, yeah, because like I said, that confrontation I think is, yeah, um, uh, slim to fipsy. But I do think the individual shots of every single member of the family looking up with that voiceover that comes in where he's like, he didn't even raise his voice. That was the worst part. It's just like, oh, I like this. And it's I just like the this. way it's shot, everything. Like, he's so funny, and then suddenly he's like, now we mean business, because you're fucked. Yeah. You're that fucked. shot of him looming over them, that kind of low-angle shot with, like, the fire sort of dancing, like, on his face is so good. And that beautiful, like, close-up of his face where he's, like, looking down and he looks up to camera, that gets used about 10 million times from that point onward, which I don't care, because I love it. Time Lord Victorious, baby. Yes! It's coming. Oh, my God, I lo- don't. Because everybody don't. should know by now. It's, like, my favourite arc in the whole show. It's the best. Um, so we get everything he does to the family, and like you know, what he did to the family was almost crueler than death. But yeah, he granted them the wish that they wanted, which was they wanted to live forever. I love. I do love that line. It's uh, uh if if the episode was on this level the whole time, wow, wow. Yes, yeah, so, so he traps father in mind. It looks like a lift shaft. Um, Unbreakable chains, isn't chains. it? Chains. Yeah, um, made from like a dwarf star or something like that. Mother of mine is sent into some kind of cataclysmic universal event to be trapped there forever. Yeah, it's really quite... Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. Daughter of mine trapped in every single mirror. Every mirror, like... And I like the way Baines' voiceover is like, look, can you see? She's just there. Like, I just love... I love the way Harry... I mean, Harry Lloyd, we know... You know how I feel. Love Harry yeah. Lloyd in this. Um, and it's the way he delivers it. I think that's the sickest one as well because the doctor goes back and visits her every year, isn't it? He goes to every see year, her every he year. He goes to see her, yeah. And then, yeah, and then of course Baines is, or son of mine, is a scarecrow, frozen in time, with that smirk on his face. Yeah, bag over his head, made to protect the fields of England. I tell you what, there was a comment on one of the TikToks we posted. So we did a TikTok about Harry Lloyd as Baines and how he's so camp and great. And someone in the comments said something that I really want to include here. So it's like, you can just tell he is like a puppet. Like he's, this, the body isn't his. He's operating it like a puppet. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking iconic. That's actually a really good take. I love that. But yeah, no, shout, shout, out, shout out to that commenter. It is objectively correct. His movements and mannerisms. He's the best one. He's the best one at being He possessed. is. He's amazing. And then you get to a scene which I have very mixed feelings about uh, and I would like to elaborate on a bit later as well. Uh, hint, hint. But we'll talk about it because there's really specific things I want to discuss about it. But um, yeah, So same. obviously the doctor comes to say bye to Nurse Redfern um, and I feel I just really feel for her in the scene and it's the way Jessica Hines, I mean, Jessica Hines. I, I love, the, the. I have complex emotional feelings about the whole scene which like I'm sure we'll probably only get to. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I really love the again, the Time Lord Victorious stuff of her being able to just be like, you know, 
if you didn't come here, none of this would have happened. You bring death, you bring destruction, you're fucking awful. Go away. It's cool. I like it when people just decide they hate the Doctor. It's good. Because where's the fucking line? Exactly. Where's the line? So yeah, no, I like I like that moment, and that's a really good sort of capping off of her character, but also getting to keep the journal as well. Yeah, and obviously that leads into later on at End of Time, which is just fucking beautiful, and we'll get to that, that when we get to it. Like don't, I don't even like don't. I don't even like this episode, but that moment always breaks me. It just fucking ends me on the spot. But um, it's the way she's like holding the book and clutching it, and like just softly crying. Oh man! Which, by the way, following on from last week, I did a cursory look at buying a journal of impossible things but yeah i'm, I'm not liquid enough for that jesus christ how much they cost they're so Why expensive no they are they well, are you, you can buy them with a smattering of cool things like they were packaged with a sonic screwdriver with a pocket watch with a couple of other things they like just the master's ring yeah yeah oh yeah I want, this is the one i want they seem to package it with everything uh but the drawing of rose is a bit fucked though like i don't think it's the same as the episode but anyway that's for you to go look at for merchandise friends but um but yeah i love how like just kind is like softly crying and it's just like you just see she's really hurt you know and as much as i find nurse redfin annoying in the first part this episode not as much i like her as i'm sure you could tell like we've just said this part i really enjoy her but last episode not so much yeah but that's thing i feel like it works because she's not it's not like she's hurt because john smith is gone i feel like it's because she she's hurt because the man that he's replaced by is yeah a, a morally grey agent of chaos that she doesn't like. Oh, I, I like, like that. that. A morally grey agent of chaos. Ah, okay. I see you. Ten, does get, ten gets very morally grey. No, but I love that. I see you. I actually see you with that. Um, but yeah, it's... We'll get... I'm going to elaborate in a little bit. Just hold on. Um, anyway, and then... Martha and Ten are reunited. He says thanks like that. She's in, she's in a different outfit. She is. She's in the black jacket, and it's she raining. Hair back. It's all happening. She looks great. They hug. She looks great. Yeah. And then you know he just says thanks like that. Even remotely covers anything that she did. But you know, let's not dwell on it. Um, I do. I do like that though because I like that you because you sort of go like oh, when she starts being like oh by the way when I said when I said I know I would have said anything to put you back and he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah of course. And then there's an awkward moment. And I like that he's then just like, thank you, by the way, for sticking with me. And it's like, oh, I love you. I do, I but also both. I feel like um, take her out for a nice meal. Um, not in a ship <laughs> oh, kind yeah. of way. We don't ship Martha and Tank. Can I just clarify? People have been saying that. It's like, when did I say that? No. Oh, no, we, we don't. When we, did I say that? Incess- incessantly annoying that it, they won't shut up about it for the first half of the series. Yeah, like, what the fuck? But um, no, I feel like, you know, buy her anything she could ever want buy her a house like she's done everything for you yeah. we need more but no i do like the you know yeah obviously no obviously you didn't mean that no because no. it's really lovely what she says about him in the episode and she's like you know and i love him to bits and i just hope he doesn't remember me saying this um but yeah then you got tim being like i think we need to fight you know i know it's coming da, 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 da. and then you get the scene in the trenches which is just a bit like eh. okay yeah, i i don't like the tact on world war one remembrance stuff personally it's, it's a bit it's a bit um, Cause, yeah because it feels so underbaked throughout the whole episode and it feels like throughout the whole two-parter and they feel like they're so trying to make it relevant that having like a full-on remembrance bit at the end just feels really like okay but why but okay but why 
Yeah, no, I agree, yeah. Like nothing like nothing wrong with its idea, obviously, you know, there's nothing wrong with remembrance at all, but it just kind of feels like kind of bait for, you know, easily saddened kind of flag shaggers to cry at. But then also it's like he saved him of all people. I'm not saying leave him to die, don't get me wrong, but it's like ugh the the massive racist, really? God. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just like and also just Tim. Just, just, okay. He's there. He's old yeah. now. He's got the watch still. But like I don't know, I just don't I don't feel Tim as a character ever getting inspired by the cat by the idea of the doctor ever. Yeah. So I don't care that he's now sat as like a old veteran with the watch still. It's not like I go, Oh well yeah, of course. I mean, I would bet money that it probably made you a little sad because there's an old man in the wheelchair with a little blanket over his knees. Exactly. So, like, I have a thing, and it's really stupid, and I'm fully aware of it. Like, I am aware. I'm a self-aware queen. I see old men out in public, and I cry. Like, I just cry, and I can't help it. Um, And uh, I just think old Tim is very, very, very cute at the end. He's so adorable. Like, yeah, with the little blanket on his knees, the hair coming out of his nose. Like, he's adorable. Do you know what I mean? Um, And then looking over at Ten and Martha at the memorial, which, which was very, very sweet. And she's in a different outfit. Yeah, again. But it's always a black jacket. Like, can we do something a bit different? <laughs> yeah, it's probably the. It's probably. I don't think it is the same one, but it always feels like. Yeah, her, her go-to is always just. A, her go-to is always a black jacket. Like she has a black jacket in. Yeah. You know, Last the Time Lords, but it's a different yeah. black jacket to the one she was wearing in the in the previous scene when it was raining, because that's got like gold buttons and stuff on it, and that one doesn't. So, I also just think conceptually on a massive level, I know the Doctor likes Earth and like has affinity for its people but there's always just the thing of him wearing a remembrance poppy where it kind of breaks the illusion of the show for me a little bit where i'm just like that character and everything he's experienced and lived through that doesn't feel yes like anything he would specifically take any kind of actual reverence to think about and i know it sounds really tasteless because obviously for us it's a real thing that happened but like if you're able to tie his feelings in with that war that's coming to the war that he's experienced it might feel a bit more interesting but it's just kind of there because the doctor is you know unfortunately also a british old pop culture icon and you know i hate that yeah yeah i, agree I wish with you. what if what if doctor who was good i.e not british <laughs> um. <laughs> oh but yeah food for thought, food for thought. Yeah. i'm trying to make sure i don't want to upset or offend anyone so you know i'm Sorry, I just don't get it. It just end. breaks the fall for a little bit, and it's a bit like, mm, okay. Yeah, exactly. It feels more like Freema and David doing it than... Yeah, exactly. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, we're now at the wrap-up of the episode where we talk about our standout moment, what didn't work, our most Doctor moment, and also this week our most John Smith moment. We're doing both this week. Last week we only did John Smith moment. This week we're doing Doctor and John Smith. Lucky you. And our favourite quotes. So, Elliot, as always, going right over to you. Your standout moment from this episode. If I may be so bold, I'm going to combine a most Doctor and a standout moment. Go on then. Because it's the Doctor mercilessly dispatching of the family and that feels like a very doctory thing 
in terms of this characterization of the Temp Doctor, where he's going, where he will go. Fury, the the rage, I love it. But also, it's a standout moment because it's like objectively just the best thing that happens in the episode. Agreed. That's mine as well. That's mine as well. Of course, it is. It's so good. It is the standout moment. So, what didn't work for you? Um, there is, a, yeah, there are like a few just sort of really bumpy things along the way, but it's mostly threads that picked back up from the first episode. Like, I don't like, I don't like Tim or anything he does. Um, and like, yeah, there's too many uses of him like in the watch. There's just, and then there's just like bumpy bits along the way. Um, but I would say it's probably something that that I'm, I'm sure also you're going to pick it just because I think it's toned by the way we're talking about it. But I don't know. Again, I like Joan's dismissal of the Doctor as a character, but him going back to flirt with her just feels very weird to me. Yeah. So this is right. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. So for me, when the Doctor says goodbye to Joan, I feel bad for her right because I, yeah, I feel bad for Joan because it feels so fucking insensitive it feels so unbelievably yeah. insensitive it's like dude read the literal room like hello and then on top of that you're inviting her to come along with you and you've not even consulted Martha not even, and I know she obviously later on says she's fine with it. She's like, you know, I'll speak to her if you want, whatever. Doesn't matter. The context is that she said some, she said some not great things to her, right? And it's like, so there's just these two things going on. And it's like, how can you just start again? If you're so out of character of the doctor to be like, we could start again. I'd like that. I can try. And it's like, mm -mm -mm -mm, that the doctor doesn't. That's not how the doctor operates. Like, if. The 11th Doctor, right, the 11th Doctor, right, is struggling to form a proper relationship with River Song, like the River Song, like River Song. He's not just going to go, oh, hey, Joan, let's, uh, let's date, come on. I feel like the only way this works is if you have a slightly different climax where the Doctor, Martha, and Joan have to do something to defeat the family, and she's useful alongside the Doctor in a, like an action scene. So she's already kind of met the Doctor and they've had fun together. Then you get to have the moment where he's like, you know, come on, join me. She's like, no, this is terrible. I did what I had to do to save like people I care about. But like, no, fuck you. But I could at least understand the Doctor being like, come on, come travel with me. Because they've just had like a bit of a fun adventure together. That I would go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's just, but that's not what happened. Didn't, didn't really make sense. And it just, it feels so out of character, insensitive weird and i don't like it burn it with fire that's what didn't work for me and you that is the, that's the thing that gets me most yeah is it just feels weirdly insensitive to joan yeah but there whatever in it so most doctory moment you've already said haven't you so you kind of combined your standout and your most doctory moment i have a different one my most doctory moment is the doctor so the doctor's essence in the watch showing john smith his future and giving him the choice to back out. Mm. He's like, here's a future you could have, dude. Like, you can have this. I'm going to give you the choice. You, I, I will give you the choice to potentially see that through. I do like that. And he doesn't in the end. He sacrifices himself. And I think that's a really a doctory thing to do, to be like, okay, I could die, but I have, still have to give you the choice to see what your life could be like. 
my my other though, if I had to have a run up, run up, a runner up, would be um, not even raising his voice at the family. Spoiler alert: that's not going to be one of my favourite lines, but that is also weirdly is one of my favourite lines. Most John Smith moment for me, quite simple, quite plain. Uh, just whining the whole time, just whining. <laughs> it's very on brand for John Smith. Very on brand. What's yours? Oh, it's standing outside the dance hall and just kind of being like, "Oh gosh, go go get the police, you boy, go run to the school." Oh god, uh, uh, with Martha being like, "Yeah, you're, you're fucking rubbish, man. Come on, <laughs> don't just don't just stand there. Fucking do something for God's sake." I like that. Literally, and that kind of leads me perfectly onto my favourite quotes, actually. So I've got three. Wow, that's I've not had a lot in a while. I'm not gonna lie, but I want to start off and kick off because I think it weaves beautifully into what we just spoke about. It's where mother of mine goes, he didn't just make himself human, he made himself an idiot. And then <laughs> Baines like is that. like, same thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and then I like, I'm gonna say it, ugh, boring, boring, boring. I've got two really obvious quotes here coming up, so just like save the eye rolls, okay? We've got Tim going, he's like fire and ice and rage. He's the night and the storm in the heart of the sun. He's ancient and forever. He burns at the centre of time and can see the turn of the universe. And he's wonderful. Ah! I like that. That's in every fan edit, as it fucking should be, right? Because yeah. it's the truth. And I love it so much. It's fucking beautiful. I love it. And then you get what you've already said before, which is um, he never raised his voice. That was the worst thing. The fury of the Time Lord. And then we discovered why, why this doctor who had fought with gods and demons, why he'd run away from us and hidden. He was being kind. Oh! Love that. I actually am obsessed. I'm obsessed. Obsessed. What about you, babe? Sorry, I had a lot going on there. What about you? I have I have two. I think I've managed to narrow it down to two. Okay. So so first one, I think it's I think it's John Smith who says it. I can't remember who says it, but it's just a perfect description of the Tenth Doctor, um, which is uh, somebody saying, "You make the Doctor sound like some kind of romantic lost prince." Oh. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's a romantic he's... lost prince. He he yeah. is a romantic lost prince. Yeah, that is the Agreed. perfect description of the Doctor. Agreed. Agreed. And the other, um, it's a bit of a bit of an odd one, a bit of um, a bit of a left field one, but I think it, it sums up my enjoyment of a specific character which is when Baines is speaking to the headmaster who apparently is called Rowcastle and they're having that conversation and the headmaster says to him you speak with someone else's voice Baines who might that be I like that I like that too yeah because he does completely change his personality it's really good dialogue this episode agreed wow wow iconic so we've got scores scores coming through so we're going to do last week's this week's and then a whole like a, a rating for the two-parter in general so for human nature babe what do you what did you give it out of five um maybe time's been kind to it because we've had a week away from me having to think about it um but i also can't forget that it does bore me to tears and i don't care about anybody but i think it's probably a two okay on a on a technical level it does some good stuff, and I don't hate it, and I'm not a one, but I don't really like it either. It's a, it's a, it's a good old two. So Family of Blood, what are you giving Family of Blood? Family of Blood is 
an episode that I could enjoy and watch in isolation. But of course, it also, other than some really good stuff at the end, it does just pick up threads of characters and things that I don't care about. Um, it's mercifully clippier, but also still kind of boring and filled with people that irritate me. So I'd say probably a two and a half. Perfect half marks. It's like half really good, half... <laughs> so overall, what are you giving the two-parter out of five? Oh, I'll be very generous and give it a two and a half. Okay. Because it's a cool. real mixed bag. Yeah. Damn what are you saying? What do you give Human Nature out of five? I'm giving it, babe. I'm giving Human Nature a three out of five. Boo. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> what are you saying? What are you giving the family of blood out of five? Ditto. Three out of five. If it just feels, it just feels very, you know, circular. Circular. There you go. Fair. And I'm sure then, to no one's surprise, what are you giving the two-parter out of five? A ten. No, I'm joking. Um, a three, of course. Yeah. That feels like my truth. It feels like my truth. Okay. So yeah, there's only me. only only half a star between our opinion. So there you go. It's pretty good. So we've done it. We've bloody what bloody well gone and done it. Done the two-parter that people are really excited about. Apparently, love that. <laughs> yeah, and I f- and I feel like it's gonna it's gonna be great because everybody's gonna go. Oh, when are you finally when are you finally gonna do Family Blood, Human Nature? Come on, we re- we really want it. And then they're gonna listen to it, and it's just us going. I mean, it's it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, wonderful. Well, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast, the gayest show in the galaxy. We hope you had fun. We sure did for 25% of it. Anyway, if you like what you heard and you want to support the show, you now have the option to be able to do that in two many beautiful ways. You can, of course, support us on Patreon. We have one tier. It's £3. It's the companion tier. For £3 a month, you get a shout-out on the show. Like Lewis, like River, like Jason, like Becca Judson-Smith, like Abby Potts, like David Cummings, like Jack Wilson, like Jack Parker, like Ben Somersall, and like Miria Sarah. Now, of course, if you want a bigger budget, you want a PO box to send us stuff, including the gentle impossible things, please, that's your place to go. Continued support and funding does really help. There's our wonderful patrons who are able to allow us to have a perfectly composed piece of theme music. So, that's your one-stop shop. However, times are hard. Everyone's strapped for cash, of course, I understand. But you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash come along pond podcast to chuck us the price of a cup of coffee. You can give us one each. You can give us both a cup of coffee. You can just give one of us a cup of coffee. Whoever's your favourite. It doesn't matter. But that's your one-stop shop to be able to get singular one-off donations rather than having to pledge any kind of actual money to us on a continual rolling basis. However, strapped for cash, understandable. I am too. So, you want to be one of our friends, you can email in like Ali, like Shristi, and like Phoebe, and we will read you out on the show, and we'll tell you that you're a really, really nice person that we really like, we promise. Unless you say bad things in the email, then we won't. Um... But just say good things. That's comealongpompod at gmail.com. Email in if you're feeling fruity. However, you don't want to email, that's fine. You could tweet at us, I suppose, if that's your thing. Although, you know, don't know why it would be. Twitter.com forward slash comealongpomptw. We are over there once a week to announce when the episode's going live. However, if you would send us something or you wanted to tweet at us about something, we would still see it and interact. Like recently, Cloister Bell the podcast, tweeted out that they were listening to our episode and we replied with our trademark two hearts. So, bloody get over there. See what all the fun and excitement's about. 
please. However, you can also spot us on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash come along pom podcast. Over there, we post funny little vignettes, comedy bon mots, and we argue men in the comments if you didn't already know it existed, because the likelihood is you've already come from over there. But more of you, please come from over there, because the uh, listening disparity is quite big. Anyway, I'll get off my high horse and just tell you that if you want to be the uber number one big, cool, super fun time fan of the Come Along Pond podcast, Instagram, that you go to. It's your one-stop shop. We got reels. We got polls. We got stories. We got lives. We got so many things going on over there. You could almost drive yourself dizzy like a cocktail of Coke, a cola, and candy floss and Harry Bows in a child whirling around until you're sick on content. There's almost 2,000 of you over there. That's your one-stop shop to get news, information, updates, and just find out when episodes are going live. If you want to have fun, that's the place to go. You can also shoot us messages. We might reply, depending on who you are and what your message says. (laughs) (laughs) With all of that being said, though, Darren, it's been lovely speaking to you. And to you, my lovely, as always. Yeah, pretty all right. (laughs) Not, Not too bad. Also... Don't forget, if you're listening on Spotify, you're listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate us five big shiny stars. It helps with the algorithm and it also makes us feel better about ourselves. Yes, um, please. In fact, they won't leave you they won't let you leave a star rating or anything less than five, I think that's how that works. So give us five big shiny <laughs> stars and um we'll love you forever. Um I mean, probably not, because you know, Damla's involved emotionally with someone, um, and I'm cold and detached, but you know, still single, <laughs> looking for love, guys. So anyway, <laughs> With that being said... (laughs) Incidentally, it's been lovely chatting to all of you at home. And we give you air from our lungs. (sighs) And a big sniff as well. Oh, are you right? Is your nose Mm. alright? Yeah, as I say, it sounded very very blocked, didn't it? Mm. There you go. Get some nasal spray. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 School's out, bitches. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.